Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. And when you're faithful to his word, supernatural results take place. That doesn't count on his mercy. His mercy is new every morning. It endures forever. There are times when in our younger Christian lives, and even in, in pre-Christian in our kingdom-seeking lives, his mercy is courting us. His goodness is leading us to repentance, to transformation. That's why anybody talks about allowing sin in our lives. You can know that's what's what we call dirty grace. Dirty grace is, oh, God forgives you, so, go, go, so keep on willfully sinning. No! Why are you even thinking in those terms? Are you born again? And you could still be born again and still be, be so carnally minded that your own flesh is influencing you to rationalize sin. Sin is simply a violation of light. That's what sin is. It's the violation of the God is light and there's no shadow of turning with him. Meaning there's no, there's no shadow with him. He is all brilliant. He's clothed in unapproachable light. That's his armor. That's our armor. The armor of the Lord is his armor. And light is the armor. Love is our, our, is, is our, our way of doing and being, which provides us a, a breastplate of righteousness. We think righteousness, and instantly we go into um, religious mode of, of doing right things. Well, I'm right. Bless God, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> That's religious thinking. That's not born again spirit uh, thinking. Uh, being a Christian, an authentic Christian, is is uh, not about a set of doctrines and dogma. It's about a revelation of Jesus and his love. And when you receive that light, you accept Christ. And, and so much to the point where you speak it out of, my, out of your mouth and say, I believe in you, Jesus. A miracle takes place in your dead spirit and makes it into a born-again spirit. You're always talking about it. Well, that's my zone. That's my area. You could line up a, a hundred ministers and missionaries, and each one might have a. a, a you just say, just, just speak from your heart and share from your heart. And one might go, always keep going back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And someone will talk about finances and prosperity. And another person is going to talk about walking in love. You got to walk in love. You know, and then others are just encouraging you to. Uh, uh, this, that, or the other. It's just, it's just there's, a, there's different anointings. And when you're dealing with an, uh, someone who does the work of an evangelist, the, the, it's going to be a constant reminder of the call to repentance, a call to God's goodness of turning from darkness and back to light. The call to be born again. By the Spirit of God, by the, the words that those words get down into your spirit 
to the point that you believe them, that you speak it out of your mouth. And you call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And old things have passed away and all things become new. You're a new cre- creature, a new creation in, in Christ Jesus, spiritually speaking. But it bleeds into to the physical realm too. It's not a head trip thing. Well, in the spirit realm, I'm this. And in the spirit realm, I'm that. Well, you are, but there's so much uh, power in that. It 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 bleeds into the soul and it renews your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, intellect. And then it and then it even it goes into your physical being. Restoring things. You spend copious amounts of, of, of your time in the secret place and the word and worship and unplugging from the world and giving yourself over to fastings and prayer. Uh, you're you, you're going to find that God visits you and even in your physical body where there was a knot in your stomach, maybe an ulcer or, or just something in your digestive system or a chronic headache. And it's no longer there. Like, wow. Well, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Good news brings fatness. Fatness means health and fitness to the bones. And and the words of eternal life. Like Peter said, where will we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Those knuckleheads who just left you because you were you were speaking covenant talk, they should have known that by now. That's covenant talk about about receiving uh, the the bread, the body, and and the blood. It's communion talk. These represent things in the spirit realm and get into our spirits and transforms things. It's not a head trip. Though our mind, it's important that our mind be renewed to these things. We don't want to stay in our mind, though. We want to feed our spirits. And words of eternal life will feed our spirit to the point where we can put our flesh under, get rid of that anger, get rid of that pride, maybe chronic lust, not even on it, you know, sexual and non-sexual. Constant obsessing over material things is a lust. Uh, covetousness is a form of lust. It's an excessive desire. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God grants us the desires of our hearts, not the lusts of our hearts. Desire. We got to demote some of those desires because it uh, lust into des- into desires and put them in their proper place under. Our first love is which is God. I desire something, I release my faith for it, and I almost forget about it. But every time, if it pops up, I I bathe it in prayer and thanksgiving. I receive it by faith, Father, and I thank you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I give you glory for it, because this desire will never turn into a, a covetous lust desire. I put it in its proper place. I put it in its uh, 
um, where it belongs. Because he grants me the desires. I delight myself in the Lord. And he grants me the desires of my heart, not lusts. See the difference? Not my pre, it's not my preoccupation. There are things I prayed for and forgot about it. And then years later, I got it. And I go, oh, I remember praying for this. You know, there, there's priorities. There's there's things that are, you know, primary and secondary and tertiary and quaternary, whatever it is. Uh, you know, something is not even the first top 100 list, but I, I like to have one of those. And one day you're like, oh, wow, I got it. Because I released my faith for it properly. I'm not letting things trump God in my heart and mind, the word. And those words of eternal life, I put it in its proper place. And everything that I could want in this life pales in comparison to my first love. And willing to to sacrifice it. Your Isaacs, things that you desire greatly, but they're still secondary to your love and walk with the Lord. Now we're lovers of people. We're lovers of, of, of God, but we're not lover of things, materialism and the lust for things. Another reason why I'm glad, you know, at least uh, nationally, the, uh, the seasons are over with. I can get back to my first love and the season of fasting and praying and, And, you know, when you spend copious amounts of time in the secret place, you kind of get a little mellow. You're joyful and mellow. Things don't, things aren't important. Things that that back in the day would just get your blood up and you get all upset over. Now you're just like, whatever. It's no big deal. Oh, well. God God will bring us a, a better one. Release our faith for a house or release our faith for a car uh, and essential stuff, clothing. And maybe you wanted a singular item and then, and up, oh, no, no, they discontinued it. Huh? They've changed it to something I don't like as much. Oh, well, God will bring something else better. Something, something better is on its way. And you chill. The secret place will make you chill. And, and make you patient. You understand you're an eternal being. Yes, there's a sense of urgency, not for me, but to bear fruit, the eternal fruit that is unique to this fallen age. You, you got to understand, yeah, there, there is that sense of urgency. The great commission is a great sense of of urgency for the sake of others, not for me. For me and my personal walk with the Lord, you know, I'm chill. I'm relaxed. Uh, I, I can, I can, I can fall asleep. You know, <laughs> my, uh, I never met him. He passed away before I was born, but my, my, my wife's grandfather always used to say, um, You know, uh, I'm not afraid of work. I'll lay right down next to him and fall right to sleep. (laughs) 
Well, you know, we, we got the work of the Lord on our, uh, you know, uh, but uh, <laughs> but there's a contentment there in the joke as well. I'm not afraid of the curse. It does. It can't touch me in Christ Jesus. I can lay right down and fall right to sleep right next to it. You know, uh, there's a, a a great man of God. I've, I, was, I was privileged to to um, uh, be in his meetings. I never met him. I don't, I don't recall if I shook his hand. Um, Lester Summerall. He was a a unique fella, like Yoda in the body of Christ, <laughs> but but a but a powerful man of God. And he. Uh, uh, one time uh, he said he woke up in the middle of the night and the, the devil appeared to him in his room and he said, oh, that's just you. And he rolled right back to sleep. That's the faith posture we, we need to develop. Because it's great to steal away and get alone and be, you know, some people get cabins and, and uh, go rent a, even a hotel room or something or a, a bed and breakfast and they give their they give uh, some time over to the Lord and they're praying in tongues and they're seeking him and or maybe they own some property and they get away. Um, and that's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good to have a fortress of solitude. Even Superman needed it. But you also want to develop some uh, spiritual immune system where you're in situations that freak people out and you're just this calm, cool, collected, joyful believer in Jesus. And uh, you're, you're, you don't lose it the way a lot of people do. You don't get caught up in the, the drama and the strife. You're not removed from contentment into discontentment when you see something you desire. Because godliness with contentment profits much. It profits much to get the, something that you desire because you put it in, the, in a desire mode, not a covetous mode. Getting back to that point. But also, you just, you're just not you know, uh, easily irritated. You know how to chill even in adversity. You don't have a faith posture when you have resistance. You understand faith command. You know, some people prophesy over your future, and I get what they're saying. And I, the, the spirit of faith is the spirit of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. I just I, I don't like it because I'm a stickler for the word, and I like the, the Bible point blank says that no prophecy is given at the will of man. You know, we just can't we can't will ourselves to say something. In fact, in the Old Testament, if a, a someone prophesied something and it was it didn't come to pass uh, under the law, they were to be stoned. You say something, you you, you get big britches, and you want it so bad that you even want to pretend God told you about it, and you you can you say it. Yeesh. So I have a little bit of a godly fear in that area, and I that's why I don't like that phrase. I get it. If people say it, I don't correct them. I know what they're saying. It's what they're saying is have faith command. If you know who and what and where you are in Christ Jesus and you know your rights, the, the new covenant rights that, you know, sickness is not to be on you. Sin is not to overcome you. You're, you, you overcome the world by your faith. It's the greater one in you by grace 
through faith. And poverty and, and lack and things falling apart and things being broken when they, they don't need to be. That's the curse. I don't need permission from the Lord. I don't need to I already got permission from the Father. I already got the keys to the kingdom. He took, he took them, Jesus took them from the devil and he gave it to us. And that's what I have. And therefore, I'm not prophesying. I'm commanding in faith the words that are in the Bible that apply to me. I'm commanding. That's why we'll cast out devils. We command those devils in the name of Jesus to leave. We command that curse is trying to weasel in on us, maybe in our health, maybe in our relationships, maybe in situations where strife is trying to take over. We take authority over that. Now, be advised that there's free will choice for the other person. They can still choose to go the route of the devil, unfortunately. That's why we try to keep ourselves minimalistic in our relationships. and our uh, uh, We definitely don't want uh, uh, partnerships uh at least in business-wise, I don't want any partners, except for my wife. Now, I want to create relationships and allies, but I don't want to be at the mercy of somebody else who starts to get weird on me. I've had that situations in other, not in business, but in other situations, where why are you backing off? Why are you backsliding on me? Why are you, you know, you profess one thing, but you don't, you know... Even in race, even in relationships, it's like you know I love you, but you're not you don't love me enough to do something about it. You know, <laughs> you really you really know people's true loves is what they do is what they love. Your their actions reveal their character. But that's just that, those are relationships. I mean, we're gonna do some. Uh, my wife and I are gonna do some talks. Uh, probably release it in February because, you know, Valentine's Day, about relationships. Uh, we're not pastors where we need to speak every week. We, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't op- at least right now, we don't operate in that. I, I'm, I'll do whatever the Lord functions us to do. Um, I just want to be, uh, I want to be his tool. <laughs> Been called a tool before, but not in that context. But I want to be part, I want to do whatever, be so full of God, as Smith Wigglesworth said, that he can just use me for whatever. But we don't normally speak, we don't, we don't have that kind of dynamic. We don't, we're not, we don't have a pastorship. We, you know, we're just, we just do what we're out there, I call ourselves entre missionaries. And we speak in themes, things that come out of our spirit, and we speak in those things, we document it. And we're going to have themes, like, uh, you know, because of the holiday relationships with God as well as with your spouses and your children's and your um, friends and, and other relationship dynamics. And we'll publish those during that time. And once we get into tax season, we'll talk about finances, the tithes and the laws of sowing and reaping. We'll publish those during that season in, in April. Um, but this is the season, January, this is the first deal. We want to talk about about dwelling in the secret place and and what happens to you you know some some people they get through the holidays and you're like man it was rough had some you know did, didn't participate in it or we didn't flunked that test but god's merciful and got into strife and let's let's get back into 
the priority of things instead of running around chasing stuff, which is the devil's design for our life, chasing things. We don't need to chase things. We got God. Things chase us. Signs and wonders follow us. Material blessings follow us. There's no need to be chasing stuff. Stuff chases us because we sow, we believe God with the appropriate desire level, and we give him all the glory. We worship him in spirit and truth. And back to the main point, which is being a dweller in the secret place, it makes you chill. It makes you content. You don't have to win the argument. You don't have to be right. You start thinking things in e- on eternal level. Uh, <clears throat> kingdom purposes are more important than you getting what you want in this life. Understanding the times and season. Understanding that we're probably, if you do your math in Daniel, even, even with contemporary calendars, there's a good uh, uh, you know handful of years uh, uh, give and take, give or take, but we're probably on the last two decades of this age. A lot of global events have taken place, and we're, we're we did a major plot point in the in the human race of this age. So we only have a couple, approximately fifteen to twenty to twenty five years, you know, give or take a few, because uh, there's there's you know biblical years and leap year, and the, the calendar's different. The Earth orbits differently than it did back in the day. Um, so well, some theory about Mars coming between Earth and the Sun and affected our you know so our our calendar's different. But give or take, we won't know the day or the hour, but we can recognize the season. And, and this is the last generation. So, so we're chill on that, but the world's going to flip out. The world's, are gonna, the world's gonna go through some shaking earthquakes. It just happened in Japan right now, um, are increasing. Global war is increasing. Uh, a lot of things, even pre-trib stuff, is going to have some trib, uh, trippy tribulation going on, and it'll be a taxation on the carnally minded person. And we don't want to be carnally minded. We don't want to be controlled by our emotions. We don't even want to be controlled by our our, our intellect. We want to lean not on our own understanding. We want to be so spirit-filled that we're spirit-led. And even if our flesh flares up, we put it down. We put it into submission. And we keep thinking with our renewed mind, our mind set in the spirit. We won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And we won't lose our composure in resistance. We'll maintain our chill attitude that came from the, the secret place. Because we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now you get in the sun, your eyes start to squint. Why? Because there's overstimulation. But if you abide under the shadow, your eyes are wide open, relaxed. They might even be half, half at half mass because you're so chill. <laughs> I don't want to say you're being stoned, but you, you're just, you're just, you know, you, oh, you're just detached. That's right. You better believe I'm gonna gonna be detached from this fallen world and this curse. People get upset because they get that righteous indignation and and politics and all these different things and and the the atrocities that are going on. God is gonna take care of all of that, and everybody is gonna get their upcomings. 
Everybody's going to get the judgment that they deserve unless they're in Christ Jesus. And then they, they, Jesus got the judgment that they deserved. And that's why we give glory to the Lord and we put our, our crowns at his feet because it's all of his work. He did the deed for us. He did the work. And to this day, if you cast your cares upon the Lord, he'll take care of you. He'll chill, it'll make you chill. That's, that's scripture. It's just different words. <laughs> and because he cares for us and he does all the heavy lifting. Cast it on him and he'll do all the heavy lifting. Trust me, my wife always, if something's heavy, you know, even if she was trying to help me, it's like I'm carrying most of the load here. <laughs> I'm bringing in the groceries, you know, and she's, you know, I, I'll, I'll take the heavy load. I'll, I'll bring in the five gallon jugs. I'll farm walk that it's called, you know, from the, the house to the, from the car to the, to, into the house. I'll take care of that. Why? Cause I'm the, I'm the Lord of this marriage. I'll take care of the heavy stuff. Paternal protector provider. That's the uh, mantra of men's works. We're going to be doing some men's meetings in these next few um, months and years. If the, uh, if the Lord permits manhood stuff. Well, the Lord is the husband in the church and we're the bride and he carries the heavy load. He builds the house for the bride. Referencing Jewish tradition. Joseph married Mary. They were married. As far as Jewish law, they were married. They weren't we, you know, we think engaged, but in contemporary times, engagement is not a legally binding thing. Well, back then it was legally binding. Both parents got together. They all agreed. They had a ceremony. She was his bride. She, but customary, the man had to prove that he could build a house for her and fill it up with everything they needed for their seven-day seven honeymoon. They're in that room for seven straight days, and they were exempt from work. They were exempt under the Jewish law. And only the father knew. He oversaw it, made sure it was done properly. Because if the bride came out after seven days and said, we ran out of food, we ran out of this, we didn't have a place to do, you know, all these other things... <laughs> Uh, uh, it would look bad on the father. And, the, and so the father of the bride would look at the father of the groom like, what up? You promised me your son was good and righteous and not taken care of. It would be, it would be a, a, a disgrace to that family. Well, uh, eternally, the father, that's why Jesus said, only the father knows when I'm coming back. Now we can discern the signs and the seasons, but we won't know the day or the hour. Because the calendars are all fudged up because of, um, of uh, Mars and earthquakes and the, the orbit around and has changed from a 360 orbit to a, a 365, technically 365.25. That's why the Gregorian calendar has a leap year to, to make up for some of that stuff. But we understand the seasons. We understand we just made a huge plot point in the history of mankind. And there'll be uh, wars and rumors of wars. 
and there'll be things that, that will try to shake us. There, before the rapture, this is New Testament scripture, there'll be a great apostasy, a great falling away. People will trample on the blood as if it's common. Lukewarm Christians will become cold. And they'll, 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 they might just be cultural Christians. They still go to church because they like the fellowship. But they're not really walking with the Lord anymore. They're, not no, they're no longer in faith. They're more uh, in a, a philosophy. They like the Christian, Christianity as a philosophy. They'll, they'll talk about Jesus. That they, they're, 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 oh, I'm a Christian. I don't know about those miracles. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I don't know about the virgin birth. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I don't know about, you know, that's the apostasy. That's, that's what, you know, um, when Jesus said, you know, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you, you, uh, uh, you're, what you're saying is you're, you're sinning against the spirit of grace. And you're, you're taking, you're making what's holy. That's on the, the, it's, that's on the holy of holies, the physical as well as in the in heaven before God Almighty, and you're calling it common. You're trampling on the blood as if it's common. You're you're disregarding it. That's what's disregard. Have been dissed. Someone treats you like you're nothing. They do it as a, in a way that just irritates you, and you're just like, like, oh, really? You gonna treat me like that? You're gonna, you know, the flesh wants to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you what it happens when you treat me like that. <laughs> well, you're doing it to the blood, and there's a lot of people doing that this day. They've shied away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're shying away from believing in miracles. They're shying away from prosperity. They're shying away from, from. Uh, 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 everything but openly declaring, I no longer believe in Jesus. And that's the work of the devil. I was part of a church as a young man where we believed in the word of faith. We believed in the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I witnessed miracles, glory clouds with other people. It wasn't just my head trip that I ate a bunch of pizza and had a weird daydream. It was, it was a bunch of other people saw it. And that same church, that same pastorship backslid and got, and one day I walked into the, to the bookstore and all of Brother Higgins' books were gone and all of Brother Copeland's books were gone. All of Norval Hayes and, and all the other word of faith, uh, uh, solid biblical, uh, prosperous, healing, miracles, spiritual gift stuff was just completely wiped out and it became sort of what I would call basic Christianity. God is good. We need to live moral lives. And, it, and it's a travesty to see that. And the pulpit talked about philosophies. The pulpit talked about, you know, you know back in the day they call it Reader Digest stuff. Um, maybe this generation wouldn't understand that, but it, it still exists. But just philosophical moral tales i even heard you know a celebrity who, who professed to be a christian but does that i don't know about the miracles of jesus like whoa you were doing good until you said that i don't know if i believe in the miracles i don't know if i believe in the virgin birth i don't know if i believe but i believe in the morality like if you read the morals of jesus you know he, he's got some good stuff to say what that's not a christian not in my book more importantly, not in, not in the Lord's book. 
And then you start talking some more because you can always locate people uh, spiritually about what, what, what comes out of their mouth. And they start talking. It's like, wow, no, you, you, you got what well, you got a head trip Christianity going on. The devil's uh, giving you a delusional Christianity because they freely chose not to love the truth. And so all this to get to the point where in the last days, we're going to have to maintain a posture of peace and love and a posture of faith and understand the, the authority we have in Jesus. It's paramount that we drill ourselves in this to when it's coming out of us. You know, there was a time when I uh, had a, a, some blood pressure issues and I was, I was doing cayenne pepper and, and um, uh, uh, garlic and a bunch of other stuff, uh, turmeric and stuff. It was coming out of my pores. I was stinking up the whole house. Everywhere I went, it w- you could smell garlic on me. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're fighting for your life, you do whatever, you ta- whatever it takes to, to get healthy, right? You know, biblically as well as practically. Um, well, it's the same thing. If, if you're so full of the word, you're just going to have the aroma of Jesus on you. Now, for, for fellow brothers and sisters and genuine kingdom seekers, that's going to smell good to them. To those who hate the light, who, who will say, I will not have that man rule over me. I'm, and I'm, I'm actually quoting direct scripture from, uh, with a, a parable of Jesus. And that's what it points down, boils down to it. There are people who will not have Jesus rule over him, them. For whatever reason. There's a plethora of reasons. None of them good, but a plethora of reasons. I will not have him rule over me. And they do that with an open consciousness. That's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Wasn't you getting mad at God and cuss God out and, you know, no, no, God's more mature than you'll ever think. He's more mature than any earthly parent and earthly parents can handle toddlers having a meltdown and crying and getting mad. Okay. If an earthly parent can handle that, how much more can the father of all handle your, your, your tantrum that you thought you blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And I'm, and I beat on this because I've been hit. People have been asking me questions with this stuff. I know people who've thrown all their Bibles away and cursed God out. and was mad at God and God's grace courted them back to, to them. And he loved them like a loving father, like a prodigal son returning and he's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be saved. I've, I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And he's like, no, you didn't. And they put that ring on, just like the prodigal son. Put the robe of righteousness on. Kill the fatted calf and celebrate it. My son's back with me. That's the heart of the father. Those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit are apostate. And they esteem the blood of Jesus as common. And they, anything that God's doing, they declare it as the work of the devil. And Jesus warned that generation. Don't see, a miracle happens and you say it was the work of the devil. And no, you skeptics and God courting you too. And you might think, oh, this must be some trick, some a healing minister, a miracle worker. And it's all, you know, a hack. Like that, that uh, Steve Martin movie. Actually, I like the Steve Martin movie. I think it's a great movie. Because I like exposing corrupt people and con artists. But does it mean the real deal isn't real? 
And that's still not blaspheming the Holy Spirit because people just say that stuff in ignorance. Paul, who put two-thirds of the New Testament, said he blasphemed, but he found mercy because he did it in ignorance. But there will be a great apostasy, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, by counting Jesus as common and less than. And just like it says in Thessalonians, that there will be a delusional spirit on them. They'll have a delusional Christianity that we have to guard ourselves against. And how do we do it? The word, worship, be a dweller of the secret place, renew our mind to who and what we are in Christ Jesus and the authority that we have in, in Christ Jesus, learning how to operate in faith command, do our Holy Ghost martial arts uh, training. Because there'll come a time when people are freaking out and you're walking around with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost that you'll irritate people. I'm not talking about obnoxious personalities. You know, these sanguine type people that are giggly and they're delusional and they're sloppy. I'm not talking about that. You could be a solid person and still have righteous peace and joy and it'll just irritate. The aroma of Jesus is on you because he's coming out of your pores and to, to your brother, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it's, an, it's a beautiful perfume, it's a beautiful aroma, uh, but to those who are perishing, it'll stink to them. They'll be irritated. And some of them, and I'm, I'm experiencing this in the past few months uh, by people who profess to be Christians, and some of them are annoyed by righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. They're annoyed by why every time you come into work, you're, you're happy. You gotta, you're, you're greeting people, you're smiling, and it's genuine. You always tell when someone's really bitter, but they're faking the smile, and they, they, they learned how to, you know, how to fake it. Yeesh. I don't want to fake it. And there's no need to fake it until you make it because if you are, if you just stop your busyness and change your lifestyle, I know it's tough with some jobs, but you could still change your lifestyle when you get off to work. I mean, unless you're working 24 hours a day, which no one is unless they're in, in, in the slave world, you have moments where you can get along with the Lord and instead you want to watch TV. Some people get home, the first thing that they eat, they hang out with their, little, their family, whatever, and they turn the TV on, and it's not biblical stuff. Take control of that. Take control of that remote control. Either turn it off or turn it on to something that feeds their spirit. Good word of faith message. Good spirit-led stuff. Good documentation of Holy Ghost meetings from the past. And talk with your kids about these things. Train them how to pray biblically and not whiny baby Huey prayers. Fearful prayers don't count. Faithful prayers do. Well, I'm way over in time. <laughs> but uh, uh, getting on that, you know, being a dweller of the secret place will chill you out in an unchilled world. To be continued. Peace and love as you work out your own salvation. In Jesus' holy name, amen.